Hi church, this is Pastor Sean Milliken, and we're beginning a new podcast ministry for the church as a tool to encourage our members and any others who want to join in to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. Our hope is that uh, we'll become more confident and motivated to initiate spiritual conversations that hopefully will lead to gospel conversations with others. And we're calling this podcast Confident in Christ. And our goal is to have a single broad topic each month and each week within that topic and have different members and special guests come to the table to discuss different angles on the big topics. This first month, our topic was Our Story in His Story, seeking to understand our lives as part of a bigger story that is God's story that we find in the biblical narrative. You know, I think it's true that we all seek a story that answers the big questions of life, like, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I on this earth? Is there anything beyond this life? These are the questions of origins, purpose, and destiny. And we look for answers and explanations, all of us, to help us make sense of life and our experiences and the world around us and everything that we see and feel and know. We can call this our worldview, and uh, we might call it a personal philosophy, but we can also talk about the kinds of answers that we build throughout our life as our mental map. So we take all of this information and knowledge and we form a mental map. The author E.F. Schumacher was visiting Russia and he had been given a paper map that he was closely following as he looked and toured and and saw all of the various sites, and unexpectedly he came upon these large gold-domed churches protruding from the landscape. But the problem was they were nowhere on his map. So he was a little bit confused. He checked the street name again and looked at his map. Finally, he asked someone about those churches, and the answer was simple. The person said, ah, we don't put churches on our maps. Schumacher ended up saying that it wasn't the first time that he felt like the maps that he had received from others had been mistaken and led him astray. In fact, he felt that most of his education as a European intellectual growing up in his time, he felt like the maps that had been given in his education. In other words, there were things in his life that they just had not given him answers for because in his education they had removed God and the possibility of absolute truth, confidence in the Bible, and things of that nature. They just weren't anywhere on his maps as he had been educated. So I want to invite you to listen into our first roundtable discussion as I was joined by a group of our First Baptist Church Valley Springs church members to discuss some of the important landmarks that should be located on our mental maps as Christians. These are the things that the Bible teaches us that help orient us to the life that we experience and to have solid answers. So I hope you'll join us on this journey in each of the weeks this month as we think about our story in his story. Let's talk about some of uh, the big landmarks in the Bible story. So we're talking about our story and his story. And uh, talking about the things that really stand out to you in the Christian faith and what we believe, what the Bible tells us. So what do you guys think? What's 
what stands out in the Bible story. We're populating your maps, your mental maps, with a biblical worldview. It begins with God, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God was pre-existent. He was there. It begins with creation. Genesis 3, what? What do you think? What's the, what's the big piece that helps us make sense of the destruction of the world, in the world? Genesis 3 is the fall, right? Now that's not a, a great, oh, we're so happy about the sin and the fall. But doesn't that make, help make sense of why things the way they are? It wasn't uh, present in the world the way it is today, but the fall happened. And, and following the fall, uh, it, it introduced evil into the world. Uh, in the human heart, and it's, it's hereditary. And the Bible does, in fact, I mean, that's what it indicates. That it's passed down through from Adam. And each of us has inherited a sinful nature. You would think that within thousands of years of human history, you would think with all the technology and all the good things we have right now, wouldn't you, that we would have figured it out? So I would just ask you, when you watch the news each night, does it look like the world is getting better and better and better? <laughs> People are figuring it all out. So sin in the fall actually helps us make sense quite a bit of why are things <laughs> seemingly just the same things? Every generation. We're, we're sinful. And, and we have to view the world in that way. I think a lot of Tesco, God wanted a relationship with us. And when we sinned, the fall came, um, there was a barrier in between us and all through the Old Testament, New Testament, he's done things, sent people um, to try to fix that relationship. Um, and we just continue to screw up and go away from him. Um, there's so many times throughout the Old Testament that the Israelites just saw all these miracles that God was doing and they just still return and um, sin and go away. So ultimately he sent Jesus to die for us and made it our choice whether to have that relationship. So starting in the Old Testament where you see New Covenant talk in Jeremiah and then you know they talk about Jesus. Isaiah 53 is all about Jesus. Um, and then he comes and then like that's the you know the rest of it is just the creation of the church and um, all of that. So that's, that's in the big picture of it, those are two things in the Old Testament that were said that that's where I go. So in the big Bible story, they say creation. It begins with creation. Then there's the fall. And then there's the idea of redemption. God winning back or buying back a people. And, and really, that's the rest of the Bible, both Old Testament leading forward to Christ, Christ coming. And then Sarah talked about that Old Covenant, New Covenant. What, what is the difference? When y'all think about the covenants of the Bible, if we just think about those, Old Testament, the, the ritual sacrifices and all of the things that they had to do versus the New Covenant, what is the New Covenant? How is it different? It was about laws. You followed the laws. The better you followed the law, the better you were. 
and that created that you know for and the law was given by a lawgiver, and, and and those laws applied to the Jewish people as a select people, uh, and and the, kind of the next set of that Islam did the same thing. It had a, a supreme lawgiver, that but those laws were to apply to all people. It wasn't just uh, Islam, so that's their calling card. But when Christianity came, when Christ came, it, he changed that whole that whole. It's no longer about following laws. It, uh, it's about uh, relationship and uh, the priesthood of believer and, and why. Not just what you're doing, but why you're doing what you're doing. And you, you, can, you can go through the right motions and still be lost as a goose. And, uh, and you may not be so good on the actions, but you can be saved. And that's a challenging concept you know, in our faith walk. Um, uh, and that's different to... Judaism. That's different to Islam. It, that's one of the unique things about Christianity is Christ came to, to change that. It's not about following a rule book. Uh, it's not about what's on the outside to achieve uh, a salvation. It's about what's going on on the inside. And uh, that, that, that was, that's a whole new, that was a whole game changer. And so, I, you know, that's, uh, for, for me, that's uh, the unique part about Christianity is it, it puts the burden on what's happening in here. And that's, that's, that's a scarier proposition. You know, it's a lot easier to just go through the motions and say, okay, it's a check, check mark religion. Yeah, I did this, did this, did this, did this, I'm good. Well, that's not what the, that's not what the New Testament teaches at all. As you say that, it just strikes, it reminds me of Paul's conversion. Right, like the difference in him before he met Jesus or before he had the encounter and then after. And so how he was rule-following, or he was trying to be rule-following. He was um, horrible to Christians. Um, and then once he had that experience with God, it, it changed him. So I don't know, just as you're saying that, it makes me think of the difference with him mm -hmm. before and after that mm -hmm. experience. I mean, that is the essence of the difference of the new covenant and the old covenant. One was an external follow rules, and obedience-based externally. And that new covenant promise was what? I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to replace your hard heart, the heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. And so it's to be based out of heart change. I mean, you're, you're made a new person from, from the inside out. So there is still, don't y'all think, wouldn't you agree that there's still an expectation of obedience in the new covenant? But the drastic difference is it's flowing from a brand new heart, right? a heart of love. It's not a obedience of I have to be obedient. It's obedience that I want to be obedient to God. Um, you know, the law, in the Old Testament, they continually had to sacrifice lambs. But the New Testament, Christ was the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. We didn't have to do that anymore to wipe away our sins. Yeah. yeah, we screw up, we sin, but they're gone mm -hmm. as soon as we do them because we believe in yeah. Christ. But uh, you can't erase obedience when Jesus says, go and make disciples and teach them to obey all I've commanded you. Obedience is at the heart, or is still a part of discipleship. But it's like you said, I think it helps me to think about, is it the root or the fruit of my salvation? In other words, is it is it my obedience and works that gets me salvation, or is it because I have it? 
It's the fruit, not the root. And, and I think that that's, that is important. But it is important to say still that, I mean, Christ still has commands that he expects us to obey. But I think the New Covenant perceives that actually, and that's part of salvation, is that there is supposed to be an identity change. Stacy talked about Saul becomes Paul. <laughs> he's, he's drastically different. Drastically different. So that's, that's an important piece of the Bible story. What else? Any other pieces that you think as we're building this Christian worldview and thinking about what's important in, in our belief system? We've talked about creation, fall, God's redemptive plan that encompasses the old covenant. Christ comes. He's the center of it all. The Old Testament looks forward. New Testament really is looking back to him. There's this redemption. What's the, what's the last piece? The restoration piece is what Revelation, uh, it's, it's almost going back to Genesis. What God intended to begin with was to have a people that walked with him. And he, he restores all things, makes all things new. Those who have continued in rebellion will not be there. But those who love him, those who uh, are part of the new covenant will be there. What what speaks to you in that? What, what do you find fascinating or, or exciting about thinking about uh, the final restoration. I actually have something I wrote down about that. Uh, it's in Romans, though. But it's, um, it's kind of about how the Jews were cut off and this grace was extended to Gentiles and how the Gentiles will eventually provoke the Jews to a jealousy for this salvation that we have. That, you know, in Revelation, that's a big part of the Jews coming to know Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's, since I wrote that down, that's just what I think of. of the, we were grafted into this olive tree where they were the natural branches and we aren't. And so they will eventually come to know Christ there at the end. Yeah. No, that's a great a great point because <laughs> most of the Old Testament is taken up with God creating a people, the Jewish people. And then it does seem like in the book of Acts, all of a sudden, what is it, about Acts chapter I don't know, 8, 10, or 12, right in there, all of a sudden you've got Paul, and he's going to the Gentiles. And it's just kind of like, what, what happened? <laughs> What's all this false? Yeah. So, you, so you're right to, to bring that up, that part of the restoration is there is this coming back. And, and now it's actually much more beautiful, more uh, complex than it began with Abraham. It, it does incorporate the Gentiles into that into that thing that God is. And we're the Gentiles. I, I assume none of y'all are Jewish, right? <laughs> so so we're, we're Gentiles. And actually, I don't know, you could argue that if we're in Christ, we're, we're Jews. So that, that is part of the restoration. What, what else? What When you think about the final thing as we wrap it up. No more sin. No more of no this. You know, just like you said, you watch the news and it's just bad. Yeah. Everything's bad. No more of that. We'll be whole. We'll never be sick with any terrible disease or even a sniffle. <laughs> no headaches. No nothing like that. Um, just whole. Go back to Genesis. It's good. He, God said it sometimes it's good when He, in the creation, it, it'll be good again. It'll be perfect. And, you know, 
sacrifice. There's no sadness, no death, you know, lambs, lamb of lions. I mean, there's not going to be anything bad anymore. All right, here's a question for you. What do you see yourself doing in heaven, in the new creation? <laughs> what do you think you'll be doing? I'm going to be in charge of all the dogs. Okay. <laughs> so wait, I thought that all the dogs were outside the gates. That's a different kind of dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those, those are different dogs. Yeah, okay. Canines. Okay, so, so, okay, so, so you, think, you think there's got to be dogs in heaven. All right. I just ultimately think back to Genesis where they're walking in the garden with him and how, how pure, how, how clean that relationship was, how, how close mm. that relationship was. And so that's what I imagine when we talk about heaven and we talk about being back in the garden, being back in, in his spot, how he wants it to be, and we're in relationship with him. And then also heaven by Randy Alcorn. Um, it's given me um, an exciting view of heaven about what you love here is, is going to be the present. Like God's going to, he loves you. So it's going to be things that you still love there. So, you know, sometimes it can be a little... When, when I don't know information, it, it gets a little um, nerve-wracking because you, you, don't, you don't know exactly how it's going to be. Am I, am I going to be married to the same person? Am I not? What, what, you know, what, what's that going to look like? But just, again, resting in that love and knowing that he loves us so much that whatever it is, we're going to love it. We're going to love it. Yeah. I, I had a guy that tell, told me, basically, he just could not see how heaven could be heaven if he was not still married to his spouse. And I said, well, I, I don't think that means that, assuming you're both there, I don't think you'll love each other any less. It'll be much more a greater love. It just will not include, I don't think, the, the sexuality part. But the love is still there. And, and certainly love is more than that. And uh, so, yeah, I think sometimes we, we're quick to think, well, I won't even see my spouse or I won't know. Of course, I'm like you, Kurt. I think my wife's going <laughs> to... Ask for an address on the other end of glory? I don't know, but uh, I, you never know. But I, I'm sure she'll see me every once in a while. <laughs> Creation, it all began with God. Uh, the fall, man and sin messed it up. God relentlessly pursued and has been pursuing. And, and he's making all things new. And he invites us into his story. That's an amazing thing. I think as Christians, that's so important that we don't just see our life as our story. But it's our story as a part of his story, and there's so many others here with us. So I appreciate being with each of you uh, during this little, little talk and uh, uh, sharing. Uh, it's fun to do, and we'll do it again. Well, I appreciate everyone that came to the table with us to discuss our story and his story this week what theologians often call the meta-narrative, the big picture, the big story of the Bible. And we talked about creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And I would invite you each of these weeks as we have, uh, as you have time to listen to the podcast and discuss with other people, uh, discuss these things. Some things that you might focus in on is where do you see the goodness still in God's creation? Where do you see evidence of distortion and brokenness or the fall in God's creation. When you think about redemption, God reconciling us to himself and giving us hope and a future, 
How do you think about that? Where do you see that? How has that played out in your life? And then ultimately restoration. What do you think the new creation, the new heavens and the earth will be like? What questions do you have? What are you most excited about? Each of the weeks for our podcast, we will put on our website a link of discussion questions and verses that you can look at for further study. Well, thanks for joining us this week, and I hope you'll tune back in next week as we continue thinking about our story and his story, and specifically about the gospel of Jesus as the center point, the centerpiece of that story.